I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Tom Bentley, Chief Commercial Officer of Vadino. We're talking about banking as a service and the impact that banking as a service is going to have, particularly on retail this year. How do you see the adoption of this kind of platform service affecting retailers? BAS is certainly a mega trend that's that's emerging. And when you look at retailers, the key thing around banking as a service is, although it's all about the banking, really where we're seeing the trailblazers emerge is not just in FS, of course, in fintech, but actually in the retail space. So looking at brands, for give an example, like Starbucks, who are enabling digital wallets, giving the availability to, to hold funds for their customers, and then use those payments and data to really drive better curves for experiences. You know, for me, this is actually the new battleground where we're going to see the new emergence of new products, new dimensions for customers. And ultimately, I think the key thing here is, you know, from a banking perspective, people love their retail brands. You know, if you're a fitness freak, you love your Nikes. If you're an Apple head, you know, you like going to the Genius Bar in the store. And there's a lot of trust and loyalty there. If you look on the banking side, there's a lot of trust, of course, in where we place our money. But in terms of those insights, you know, the love of a bank isn't a term that you associate too often. So the key thing here is that, you know, the availability of these brands to offer these services combined with the power of, you know, banking entities are able to provision those services. You know, those two worlds are really merging and, and, and really key. You're quite right. Love is not a word I normally associate with banking. So what we're seeing is our retailers stepping into the financial services space. Exactly. I mean, if you look at sort of the next generation of financial products that are that are emerging in terms of the super apps, the financial superstores, you know, they're combining not just, you know, straightforward financial products, but different off- offsets, different ideas against those. So, for example, if you look at the traditional insurance world and they're now plugging in services to enable, you know, customers to fund the garage repair before they get reimbursed. They're giving the ability to pay for large ticket items, but, you know, in unique payment schedules that are directly in parallel with the customer. I guess the key thing here is, although, you know, I said earlier about the the love and kind of that relationship, you know, banks are trusted entities. It's very, very difficult to go and get a banking license, Robin, as you'll be aware. So there's definitely love and trust in terms of the institutions we rely on to make sure our products are compliant, to make sure the regulation's there, and ultimately that we know our money's in safe hands. So that's why it's such an exciting time for banking entities, banking as a service, companies like ourselves, because ultimately it's bringing together those two worlds. You know, most retailers really want to own the customer journey, own that brand experience, make sure their customers have the best experience with their own brand possible, but they don't want to deal with the hard plumbing, the hard coding, all the kind of legal T's and C's that come with running a bank. And that's where entities like ourselves and also looking wider in terms of financial institutions who are looking to diverse their portfolio, this is where it becomes a really interesting marriage for the future. Is banking as a service just a case of banks actually getting over themselves and embracing disintermediation? I'd say no, because I think the difference is banks have provided agency banking services for a long time, access to rails deposits, corporate services, right? This is the bread and butter for many banks across the world. The key difference with banking as a service and what we call true BAS is that technology provision. So the availability to actually embed yourselves within these experiences is really, really key. 
And that means you need, you know, really modern technology, but you have to have an eye on that journey and making sure that you lament that customer experience. So it's not just about the provision of a balance sheet, the provision of, you know, an onboarding journey. It's also about that use case of actually how that becomes a seamless experience from the customer. How does this make things better for me as the merchant? What am I getting out of the relationship? What does fintech, for example, do to improve my business? Sure. Well, I I think there's a couple of aspects here, but just taking that relationship with customer, if you think about the washing machine's broken, it's not the most pleasant experience. Usually customers are chucking that on credit cards. They're going into overdrafts, you know, for those of us who are unfortunate to have the funds. So the fact that retailers can provide, you know, dynamic experience that sit alongside that customer journey, for us, that's what's driving real, real value from a customer perspective, as well as loyalty, taking that data and essentially being able to provide really unique insights for that customer. At a merchant level, of course, you know, it's a game of execution. It's a game of getting the add to cart as fast as possible. You know, this is what you're seeing in the marketplace. So any companies who are looking at this bank as a service piece where payments are easier, the availability to kind of adopt these services is really, really important. And the way that we, you know, personally as Medina work with merchants is, you know, we consider the full life cycle. So in terms of taking over that whole process, whether it be customers who have an issue with those banking products, or for example, just the journey of, of applying for cards and applying for these vehicles. I mean, if you remember back in the day, and you know, I'm I'm here based in London, you know, you'd walk into a department store. If you wanted a store card, you'd fill out these forms, you'd send them away, you wouldn't see them, right? For three weeks. And oh, in the post, you've suddenly got a card and there's a limit on there, and you have no idea what that journey looked like or how they came to that decision. Now, through the power of banking as a service with retailers, essentially not only can we digitally onboard the customer very quickly, you know, in store on their own phone or using applications within the store, you know, we can ultimately instantly provision that card through, you know, Google Pay and Apple Pay. And essentially that customer can start transacting immediately and deciding what that experience looks like. So that's a great leap and bound um, to where we were a number of years ago. Do you think that alongside all that, it's going to increase volume business though? Is it going to improve conversion rates in shopping carts? Is it going to increase basket size? And if it is, I just wonder, should it? Because are we not encouraging people perhaps to spend more than they should? Sure. I mean, this is where I think the vitality of having, you know, a really strong relationship with a banking entity who's got the experience of handling these difficult questions is important, you know? Credit scoring and just looking at credit risk in general, you know, it's a very defined art that takes experience, it takes knowledge. For ourselves, you know, work of experience team, this is really vital in terms of how you onboard customers and also how you make sure that you take them through that journey. I would say the second part of your question is, is really around what that looks like from a retail perspective and how that, that customer journey syncs. Because ultimately, I think it's the right product for the right time. I think the industry has a catalog of services. You know, buy now, pay later makes sense in a certain avenue or in a certain scenario. In other scenarios, it just probably isn't possible. So there is a moral and an ethic value to this. And this, again, is why the regulation across the industry is so fundamental and key. For us, you know, it's in the DNA of the way that we operate. And I think if you look at most banking and service players, you know, the, the key thing there is understanding who that end customer it is. But ultimately, what does that financial journey look for them? Well, what does it look like? Are we? Are, is what you're telling me right now the future of 
banking as a service in fintech-driven retail, or is there more to come? I think we're on the kind of tipping point because in terms of mass expansion, because ultimately some brands have really been forward thinking and really taken that leap first. You know, if you look at such as Uber, they have payment ecosystems for their drivers, their employees, because they're trying to make life not just easy for the end customer, for their own staff, right? Which I think is really important, especially if you look at the gig economy. I think we haven't seen yet, you know, every entity become a bank, which is kind of the hypothesis. That being said, I think the availability of credit is going to be really important. And I think you're going to see ecosystem of providers coming together to provide definitive singular customer experiences. You know, we have yet, because of the, the lack of technology in the past, we've yet to see a real provision of the bundling of these services. The fact that you can instantly issue credit because of things like PSC2 and open banking. And ultimately, the fact that you're seeing a lot of brands coming together to create singular experiences you know, for me, this is the next kind of generation of what financial products are going to look like. And especially in a market where we've seen neobanks come and gone. You know, if you can look at other neobanks who are kind of diversifying, working directly with retailers to kind of onboard their customers to give them unique advantages. This is what really excites me about the space, Robin. To a certain extent, what we've been talking about, though, is broadly the extension of credit or facilitation of payments. Do you see retailers building a broader spectrum or getting banks to build for them a broader spectrum of products that become part of their offering? Absolutely. I mean, we're already doing it for a number of high-profile retailers across Europe. You know, they are building their own financial banks, in essence, for their customer base with a very specific use case to make those consumers' uh, lives better. I mean, if you look at the SME space where merchant financing, you know, access to credit is difficult. The fact they can work with those retailers and know them inside out because they're shopping there on a daily basis, that is what I think is, is fundamental. But also, I think if you look at sort of the wider spectrum in which the industry is going, I think banks, in essence, will need to have banking as a service arms. Because ultimately, you know, if you look at the neobank project across the world, some have done fabulously well. Others have sort of very quietly slipped into the slipstream or been acquired. But the main thing there is the financial products have always looked the same. Banking as a service has a real chance to really redefine the way those customer propositions work. You know, for us, lending is a vertical, payments vertical, cards is vertical. But the way in which these products are stitched together, Robin, and the way they become one offering for the customer, I think that's the, the really interesting use case that we're seeing. So what's Vadino's position in this? What are you actually doing? Well, Vadino is an interesting one because we were really founded to be the premier bank as a service proposition across Europe. So in doing that, um, we're backed by Wahlberg Pincus with a, a very large investment. And essentially, we have two parts of the company. So Vadino itself is the technology house that is a full retail SME proposition, really focused on four verticals, lending, payments, cards, and onboarding as a service that can be provisioned. And the key differentiation for us is that we have a very strong partnership who actually sits within our, our wider group, within our wider investors, um, is a banking entity called ION. That bank is fully regulated through the Belgium regulator, and that has passporting capability across the, the whole of the EU. So we're able to not only just provision the tech, but actually provide the balance sheet, the reg, compliant activities end to end. So traditional vendors you know, would sell you software and APIs, and there's lots of great companies out there. The fundamental difference for us is we take a step further and we take on the compliance, the regulation, the key activities that come with being a banking entity. And when it comes to banking as a service, Robin, this is where we really start to differentiate because ultimately 
We can go into companies that aren't banks. We can go into platforms that you know don't have the right to be a financial service provider and provide that not only the expertise but also the technology. Tom Bentley, Chief Commercial Officer of Vadino, thank you very much.